Hey guys, this is Jack Fairchild with the Right Side Radio Program. I'm here to talk to you again about the National Conservative Club, specifically the Mississippi chapter. You can find us at msconservativeclub.com. You can sign up today. America is still at a crossroads. Conservative values are slipping away more and more each day. It is important for those of us who still believe in liberty, personal freedoms, and government accountability to band together. So go to msconservativeclub.com today to sign up to be a part of the Mississippi chapter of the National Conservative Club. We look forward to having you. Liberals be warned, your viewpoints will be subjected to strict scrutiny. You're listening to Right Side Radio. Feels like, like my eyes have been blown wide up. It's the Right Side. Weekly Review. This is a news bulletin that I'm sure will be of great interest to, to every one of you. And here's your host, Jack Fairchilds. All right, guys, you have found it. It is the Right Side Radio Program Weekly Review. I'm your host, as always, Jack Fairchilds, here to bring you up to date on stories that broke after we recorded on Wednesday and various other things as we move forward. Remember to always like and subscribe to the Right Side Radio program, like our podcast, share our podcast when we put the links out. Make sure you're doing your part to help the Right Side Radio program grow. Also, subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice. We're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon Music, and of course, our host platform, Spreaker, and anytime you listen to us on Spreaker, we get a 10% bump in our ad revenue. So if you have not downloaded the Spreaker app and listened to us on Spreaker, do so today. Also on Spreaker, that is the only place that you can listen to the Right Side Radio Program live as I'm recording these new episodes. So remember, download the Spreaker app, Subscribe to the Right Side Radio Program, and then you can listen to us live right there. Guys, you know, we want to get into this, and this is going to be a quick, shorter weekly review, uh, but there's still so much happening. And, And with the events of the world unfolding the way that they are, almost the moment after I put out the weekly show, something new happens. And sometimes it's information you can't wait till the next week to get to, such as some of these stories today, like breaking as of an hour ago, the IDF and Hezbollah fighters have traded fire 
on the Lebanese border. The Israeli Defense Forces traded fire with Hezbollah terrorists on our on Israel's northern border with Lebanon on Saturday after terrorists fired anti-tank missiles into Israeli territory overnight. An Israeli-American dual citizen serving as a reservist was killed in one of the attacks. The soldier was identified as Sergeant Omer uh, Bolivia. He was 22 years old. The Israeli military said that anti-tank guided missiles were fired from Lebanon into the area. The IDF responded with a drone strike against the terrorist squad. Additionally, another missile was launched from Lebanon targeting the area as well, and Israel and Israeli troops responded with artillery fire that struck the missile launchers on the Lebanese side of the border. So we're seeing things continue to escalate there. No big surprise at all to see the the, uh, events have escalated. Um, Of course, the uh, president, he visited Israel, and he came back and he gave a speech from the Oval Office, gave his uh, address from the Oval Office in which he said American leadership was necessary to keep freedom alive in both the Middle East and Eastern Europe. Biden's speech comes as Biden prepares to ask Congress for, or I'm sure he already has at this point, $14 billion in aid to Israel and $60 billion more for the Ukraine. All right, <clears throat> so we, we want to give $14 billion to Israel and $60 billion to the Ukraine. First off, the Ukraine, during this whole Israeli conflict, we shouldn't be talking about the Ukraine. We should be trying to figure out a way to support a true ally. And that true ally is Israel. We shouldn't be trying to figure out how to break our banks, to bankrupt ourselves further. We can, we can help Israel by just sending over the carrier like we did and letting folks know to stay out of Israel's fight. She'll be able to take care of herself. But during this time, to use what's going on in Israel, to use this conflict to yet again try to prop up the Ukrainian government and try to give them more of our tax dollars... This is insulting. It should be insulting to the Israeli people. It should be insulting to us as an American people. I, I am, for one, sick and tired of seeing the president and, and this administration's fascination with the Ukraine. Look, I get it's tough over there. I get the fact that Russia is bad. But how much longer can we bankroll everything? We're already accelerating towards a cliff. And here's the other thing. The Ukraine wouldn't be doing the same if we went to war. The Ukraine wouldn't be, oh, let's have money and send it to the United States. This isn't money we're ever going to get paid back either, people. 
This is money that we're going to give them on blind good faith. And no, we've given them too damn much money already. Enough is enough here. But President Biden, being the clueless person that he is, once again wants to put the Ukraine and give them outrageous sums of money. Why don't we just hand them a blank check at this point? Why are we why are we so obsessed with just sending them money? Let's just give them the blank check and be done with it because that's apparently what we need to do here. I'm all for supporting Israel. But when is going to enough going to be enough there in the Ukraine? Apparently to the Obama, to the well as almost said the Obama administration, because you know, let's be honest, we know who is helping run the show, helping or actively running it. But the Biden administration wants to just, they they just believe that we have an endless supply of funds and we should send all the money ever made straight to the Ukraine. I'm sorry, enough is enough. If, if she can't get it done on her own, the Ukraine isn't a place that I think my tax dollars should be spent, especially considering how much we've already pumped into this, especially considering how much we've already done. Of course, he wasn't... the it, it, Biden's comments were not appreciated by some on the left, but not because of his support on the Ukraine. Ilan Omar, the uh, representative from Minnesota, broke down in a fit of rage on Friday, aimed at President Biden and Democrat leadership over their support for Israel. Her angry comments came during a press conference held outside of the U.S. Capitol, along with a few fellow members of the far-left squad, calling for a ceasefire. Are you ready to hear what she had to say? (laughs) She says, how is it that we have a president who is talking about releasing hostages, who is talking about getting American citizens out of Israel, but could not get himself to say, I want to work to save the hundreds, thousands of Americans stuck in Gaza? What is wrong with you? I think, look, I'm no President Biden fan, nor am I going to be in the habit of defending him, but I'm pretty sure, pretty sure he wanted to save all sides on this. I'm pretty sure... That it. This is not a case of well, we only want to get Americans out of here that might we might think are in harm's way. But that's not where this brain trust that the people of Minnesota are so stupid to elect. I mean, of course, don't get me wrong. We've got our own idiots that we elect here in Mississippi. So I'm not. I'm not saying we're immune to electing idiots. But at least they might try to make it more stealth that they're idiots. This woman puts it on full display every time she opens her mouth, and yet Minnesota flocks to reelect her. It's insane. 
Let's switch gears because, again, I want to keep this one relatively short this week. Of course, we've all been watching the battle for the gavel there in the house. The battle for the gavel has been something that we have seen. Doesn't that sound like a wrestling pay-per-view? Or a boxing pay-per-view? It's a tune in this week as we watch the battle for the gavel. We've already seen it take down Kevin McCarthy. Now we're going to sit back and watch as Steve Scalise, as he tries to go for up, oh, he's already bumped out as well, people. It's Jim Jordan's time. Oh, he's been bumped out as well. Yep, there we are. The battle for the gavel, the pay-per-view that nobody wanted to buy. Jim Jordan, he has now failed in three votes. So he has officially been pulled as the GOP nominee for speaker on Friday. You're seeing the ridiculousness that has been going on here since the GOP first put forth Kevin McCarthy all those months ago. Now, if you remember... And I'm not saying that they should leave Jim Jordan up there for as long as they left Kevin McCarthy up there. I said that at the time, that at some point you have to pull the plug. At some point you have to say it's not going to happen for you. They didn't do that with Kevin McCarthy. And as such, they made so many concessions that led to where we're at today. Whereas Jim Jordan, he gets his pulled after three votes. Three votes and he's had his pulled. Is that enough? It just it goes to show you that the... And I wish I could say that they pulled Jim Jordan's nomination because they've learned their lesson. People, we know that's not why. It's because they were never in love with Jim Jordan. Trust me, if this was truly their guy, if Jim Jordan was the end-all, be-all Republican choice, they wouldn't stop at three votes. Go back and look at Kevin McCarthy, where they just kept spoon-feeding him, spoon-feeding him. Now, some of the reasons we've seen why some of these establishment Republicans won't vote for Jim Jeffries. Well, we won't be bullied. Really? Yet bullied and threatened people over your guy, Kevin McCarthy, several months ago, but now it's like we won't be bullied into voting for him. As each vote came and Jim Jordan lost more and more support, you saw the end game that was coming here. You saw firsthand that Jim Jordan was going to not get the gavel. I mean, that was becoming more apparent. No matter where I stand or you stand on wanting Jim Jordan to be the next Speaker of the House, or even if you oppose it, I can't say that I disagree with moving on because... It just wasn't going to happen. It's frustrating because, again, we see that establishment Republicans, they, they will rally behind their guy. 
They will threaten. And trust me, they were making threats when Kevin McCarthy was first nominated. But now the same people who I'm sure were part of the threat-making block are now saying that oh, we won't be bullied. No, the reality is you won't accept anything that you can't bully through. This isn't about being bullied. This is about getting your way. At some point, the Republican Party is going to have to put on their big boy pants and try to get something right. But what we are witnessing right now is the painfully slow demise of the grand old party. The Republican Party is pretty much on life support. And a lot of these people are too stupid to know it. They already have a mistrust amongst their base because they continue to move further and further away from their base. We have talked about that at length on multiple episodes. I don't have to rehash that again, how ridiculous the Republican Party has become. And you can blame Matt Getz for getting McCarthy out. The blame lies on the established Republicans for giving us Kevin McCarthy in the first place. If they had had the foresight, like they apparently do now on Jim Jordan, to stop after three votes and put forward someone else, they would have never made the deals to change the rules that put us in this spot in the first place. The establishment Republicans are 100% to blame for this mess. They're also 100% to blame for blocking Jim Jordan and continuing us down the path of this mess. But they don't want to accept that blame. And because they don't want to accept that blame, because they want to just continue to act like fools, and that's what they're acting like here. They're acting like fools. The Republican Party is on life support. And I don't know if you can bring it back. What does that mean? Does that mean we're going to go to a third party? Because I don't think the Republican Party just goes away, but it might become irrelevant. And if the Republican Party becomes a true split, does that just mean that Republicans... are no longer going to be able to win races. We have seen so many examples of how weak the Republican brand has made itself. And again, this is his self-inflicted wounds. This is not something the Democrats did to them. They have done it to themselves with the gradual move towards the left and the ignoring of the Republican base, the ignoring of the Republican platform as a whole. They have pushed themselves down this path. It didn't start with the defeat of Jim Jordan. It really didn't start with the force feeding of Kevin McCarthy. It has been a gradual thing over time, but it was accelerated the moment they wouldn't move on from Kevin McCarthy when the warning signs were there. Their arrogance, their insistence that Kevin McCarthy be the guy. 
That's what got us in this mess. So you can sit back and you can blame Getz. You can sit back and you blame Jordan. But you need to go back and look at the GOP itself for its stubbornness when it came to Kevin McCarthy in the first place. Because had they not force-feed Kevin McCarthy down our throat, we wouldn't be in this mess at the moment. That's the reality. That's what people don't want to hear. Right here in Mississippi, I talked about it on the main show. We've got a governor's race where the Democrats feel so emboldened that they are pumping a ton of money into this race because they understand they've got a shot in what's supposed to be bright red Mississippi, but they've seen the way that our legislature votes and they understand that we're a truly purple state. So now we're looking at the potential of a Democrat governor paired with a rhino lieutenant governor and four years of hell in Mississippi because the state GOP won't say a word about bad actors within their party. And if they lose this race, you can point to them and say it's all on them. They're the problem. Plain and simple. Real quick before I go, um, I want to talk about this story. I had it for Wednesday, but it was one that I wasn't able to get to. There's a Blue Jays pitcher named Eric Swanson. And apparently he came over a tag for posting a photo that showed him and his son had gone hunting and had made a couple of kills. And of course, being the world that we live in, we can't accept the fact that this man is a hunter who probably is eating what he kills. Folks went after him, attacked him. He even defended himself saying when they hunt, he hunts for his own food. He knows exactly where his food is coming from and where it is. Next time you go to a store or a restaurant and you order something, remember it all had to come from somewhere. It's ridiculous. My dad used to take me and my brother and my sister later in life hunting. I was never, it never took for me. I, I, I didn't care for hunting. It's not my thing. But my dad... And my brother, they absolutely loved it. And I never thought anything less. It's what, if it's your passion, and as long as you are harvesting the food out of what you've killed, then there's nothing wrong with it. And a father taking his son on a hunt should not be offensive to anyone. And if it is offensive to you, then maybe you should get your own priorities straight. What happens if this country goes south? What happens if because of the idiocy in Washington, this country collapses because we keep throwing money overseas to countries that will never support us in our darkest time? What happens if the next generation doesn't know how to hunt for themselves? What happens if the next generation doesn't know how to harvest the land? I'm grateful 
that my father took me hunting. I'm grateful that my dad had the foresight to teach me how to do it. Because just because it wasn't a hobby that I wanted to pursue as I grew older, I still know how to do it. So if the time comes where the only way I'm going to eat is to go out and kill it myself, I can 100% do that. And I thank my father for that. As will this pitcher's son thank his dad one day as well. We are truly living in the dumbest timeline. Which, by the way, you can get the t-shirt at tpublic.com. We have the dumbest timeline t-shirt. Two of them on that. So go to the Right Side Radio Program's t-shirt store and get your dumbest timeline t-shirt today. But we are truly living in the dumbest timeline. Guys, this has been the Right Side Radio Program. Thank y'all so much for listening. I do want to apologize to my iTunes listeners. We had some kind of issue, some type of gaffe with the regular show. I had to upload it a second time just so iTunes would push it out. Hopefully, I won't have that problem with today's episode. But if I do... I will have the workaround sooner. But again, I appreciate you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Right Side Radio Program. Please, we need those subscriptions. Review us on your podcatcher of choice, too. Those reviews help people find the Right Side Radio Program. But remember, only make a review if it's going to be positive. Guys, we thank you so much for listening. We'll see you again real soon.